Check, 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 mic check, mic check, mic check, mic check, 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 check. Ladies and gentlemen, thank you for joining us for another installment of the Quarter After Five podcast, uh, 99 Time Capsule Edition. Today I'm interviewing an old friend who I haven't seen since the early days of our high school career. We just talked about it. We don't remember seeing uh, each other, but we could have sworn that we were there because we remember being there. So ladies and gentlemen, thank you for joining us today. My special guest joining us all the way from Houston, Texas, Janae Green. What's up, Janae? Hey, how are you? I'm all right. I'm just chilling. Uh, so what have you been up to these days lately? Um, honestly, Georgia feels like I graduated high school and then I went to college at some point. Um, I had a baby, I started teaching, and then there was coronavirus. So that's basically <laughs> <laughs> right. how... That's how my life how, is gone. Yeah, that's pretty much. Yeah, that's a nice summary. Uh, uh, twenty year, over stretch over twenty years. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Over tw- there were some other, you know, life events, but for of the course. most part, I'm like, that's about it. Of course. It and, all boiled uh, down to this. This day. And, and I saw your, you posted you posted a, a photo of your daughter going back to school her junior year. Yeah. Can you believe it? I have a junior. Okay, that's that's phenomenal but i mean it's expected i mean you know uh, no and i saw like i was looking at your podcast uh the other day and uh saw that your your wife is expecting yes where you and your wife are expecting but she's expecting yeah she's expecting um Um, and i was like i'm literally about to have like a person in college and you're having an infant (laughs) (laughs) yeah i think it's great because everyone moves at different uh at different paces and it's just so interesting to see what led to specific decisions and why, you know, like for me, for example, why I waited 20 years after uh, high school to, to start a family. And so, um, but no, what I wanted to say was that it was remarkable how similar she looks to you. Uh, do you, do you have any photos from your junior, senior year? Yeah. And she looks a lot like me. Um, the one thing is my daughter's much taller than me. Like, like, well, she's not much taller than me. She's much taller than me, like, at that age. I don't know. Because when I was a junior, I grew from my sophomore year to my junior year, I grew like four inches. I was like only five foot for the longest time. And then I grew like four inches between my sophomore year and my junior year. So I'm only five, four, she's five, six. So, and she's still growing, so. Dang. Okay. Well, I just shared it on your timeline. So, uh, uh, hopefully your friends and family will see it. Uh, speaking of family, Jerome, how's he been doing? How's he been? He's doing really well. He lives in Austin. Um, he works. Yeah. He works for, um, uh, child protective services and he works in the state office. So he does a lot. He's protecting the, the youth, uh, the children of Texas. And, you know, I'm teaching the children of Texas. We like to tell our brother who makes a lot more money than us that we do it for the outcome, not the income. <laughs> Where does that? I love that. Oh, that's awesome. Okay. I've never <laughs> heard that before. Um, so I taught ESL in Korea for seven years and then I came back and started substituting because I didn't want to get licensed, but mm-hmm. I realized I should have got licensed, uh, gotten licensed a long time ago, but um, I'm in the process of doing that right now. But how long have you been teaching? I've been teaching for what's this year, 2020. Mm. So this is my 
18th year of teaching. Yeah. So almost out of, so almost out of university, you just started teaching. Yeah. No, I literally went to school for exactly four years. I graduated in four years. I was barely 22 when I started teaching. Damn. Barely 22 when I started teaching. I remember like, um, like parents being like me telling them something, they'd be like, how old are you? And I'm like, uh, I'm 22. Cause like at 22, I looked probably 17. Yeah. 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 I was like, um, old enough to have a teaching degree. Um, I'm I'm here old enough and qualified enough to be instructing this class. No, it's so weird because, you know, like I said, how you look so remarkably similar to your daughter, I feel like you could pass as sisters. And so like people do that all the time. Yeah. And so, you know, conventionally I have to look at the camera because looking at the camera is like looking at you and the audience, but all I want to do is just stare at your face because I haven't (laughs) seen you in like two (laughs) decades. So obviously we went to Andrews, we graduated in 1999. Mm -hmm. And I remember seeing you in high school a, a handful of times, maybe three times. And it was usually you sitting in the quad with all the other cheerleaders or walking to class or something like that. And I always wanted to be like, hey, what's up, Janae? Hey, long time no see. But I was just such a weird dork that I never said anything. Um, and you know what? In your in your promo for this, you were like, <laughs> in your promo for this, you're like, Oh yeah, and she was a super proper cheerleader, and I would like wanted to say hi, and she would be like, Mm-mm. "I'm like, no, I wouldn't have." Yeah, George, where have you been? Like, I I was telling, I was actually talking to Jerome about it. I was like, I was like, I wasn't unapproachable. In yeah. fact, I was most friendly, voted most friendly in high school. Oh, for real? Little, in the superlatives? Yes. Oh, I didn't know mm-hmm. that. Oh. That's so yeah. funny. I was most friendly. I would have been like, oh, George, what's up? Like, I've never been that person. No, no, because, of course. Yeah. Because like, really deep down, like even now or even then, I'm a nerd. Mm. I'm, I like nerdy things. I'm like, oh, I like to read books and um, I like watching, I don't know, sci-fi stuff. And I'm like, I just, I never be like, eh. So do you I don't s- like any music that well, do you wasn't still- made. Uh, do you still listen to to like old music? Do you still watch old TV shows and old movies? Are you nostalgic oh, like that? That's all I do. I was literally listening to, on my way to work today to Michael McDonald. Like, I keep forgetting not in love anymore. <laughs> you know that, that guy? <laughs> that guy? No. I was listening to him and I was like, I literally, if. Like, okay, Jerry Seinfeld on his comedy special says something about like whatever, like whatever age you got married and how you were dressed, that's how you still dress as an adult. So whatever age you got married at for the rest of your life, that's how you dress. And I feel like the year I became a mother, like I don't like any music past that time. Like, so I had my daughter in 2004 so like if it's made beyond 2004 I'm like who sings this? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So I'm like like, like Sam's this? like Sam Smith and uh I can't even think of anyone One Direction I like yeah. All that, yeah I, forget it. But because I have a teenage daughter there's certain like songs but I yeah. still always feel like so I don't feel like I'm old. So right. like my daughter's like oh my god like that <laughs> show is so much. 
what? I'm like, who's seeing this? I'm like, and she's like, <laughs> like, I feel like my mom, like, who made this record? Yeah. <laughs> this record. There's, there's yeah. no such thing as records anymore. Yeah. Like, who sings this song? And uh, what did she, we were listening to some song and uh, it was a Drake song. It was like, he said something like, Ma- ma- imagine if I never met the the Brodies or something he says. And I'm like, who is that? Is that another uh, group? Just like, no, mom, it's just, she's like, it's just his friends. <laughs> oh, like she, like, she gets so irritated. Yeah, like, like having to explain things. Yeah. yeah, I'm like, but then the flip side of that is my daughter knows songs that she should not know, like as a 16 year old. Like Rump Shaker? Yeah, she might bust out with, no, literally she might bust out with, yeah. what was I listening to the other day? And she just was literally singing the whole thing. She like knows all old songs. Yeah, it's like, insane. I feel like music hasn't changed, but there's just so much of it now that it's obviously so, it's impossible to keep up with. But for these young kids, it's nothing because what what do they got to do? Go to Go to work? No, they just do homework and then just listen to music. Oh, my so. daughter, that's all she does. Even when she's not at, even when she's at work, she's supposed to be like, she works at Whataburger, Big Up Whataburger. Oh, my and God. I haven't had that in so long. She uh, she has her uh, AirPod. Is it an AirPod? I always call it the wrong thing. Like, like I, was, <laughs> I always call it the wrong thing. Is that what it's called? AirPod? So she puts that AirPod in her, and then she has her headset on. So she just listens to music for the whole, her whole shit. Yeah. Man, is she going to get in trouble for snitching her out like that it's water burger and if she doesn't <laughs> i told her like don't take crap off of people because if it's water burger quit yeah yeah <laughs> yeah yeah for real it's like what are we doing here yeah but no. i mean that's great that she's learning uh work ethic she's earning i didn't want her to work at all income oh really Mm-mm. what she wants extra money to to buy more records it's like <laughs> records <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. She's like, I really think like I work and I used to work a lot. I don't work as much as I used to. So I think she just has that in her. So she just wanted to work. And I also think she wanted to work because I won't let her go anywhere because of the pandemic. So if she got a job, then that's the way that she can leave the house. Oh, that's her loophole. Yeah. She's like, oh, I can leave if I'm going to work, but she can't leave at any other point. And it's just the, uh, the one, the one baby. Oh, <laughs> yes. Yes. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I guess I was... <laughs> it's so hard. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it's so hard. Like, I, at one point, I did want more kids. Um, but her dad and I broke up a long time ago. And then after that, I just was kind of focused on work and then, you know, raising her that I just never found another partner. Mm-hmm. So I guess... I would have had some more kids if I had, but now that she's 16 and she's going to be like, literally she has this year and this next, this next year, she has two years in school left. Yeah. And she's gone. I couldn't, I couldn't imagine raising a baby. For <laughs> at this point. Yeah. Yeah. Like well, if she was, like if she was still going to be here for another like three or four years, then maybe, but now that she's going to be out of the house, I'm like, I'm free. So yeah, yeah. How would sure. I start that again? Yeah, and I think it's it's mainly because you've you you did it before, uh, yeah. whereas I haven't. So it's just like, 
oh, welcome to the fire. Go ahead and jump on in. No, and like, if I didn't have any kids at this point, I would be like, let's do it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. And that's why I'm like, "Ah, I'm not really pressed about being single. I'm not, I'm like, I have my child. I've done the dating thing. I'm, I'm, I'm golden. Yeah. 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 She's perfect. She's perfect. That's awesome. That's so awesome. That's uh, so awesome for you. Um, yeah, I'm just I'm sorry. I just got stuck in this nostalgia bubble because I remember you in the sixth grade in Miss Carmona's class. And then uh, and then I don't know what happened in seventh grade. I think in seventh grade, you you were still in her class and I got moved to. Mrs. No, we were in Miss French's class. You and I both you don't remember. Miss, huh? I remember. But I thought I was the only one that got moved over to her class. No, we were all of us were in that class, weren't we? It was like me you wasn't at was adam in that class see i don't remember i thought i was the only one you know so you and i you were definitely in that class with me and then remember patrick yeah and we called him the informer informer <laughs> <Does> <laughs> it look like snow? yeah patrick o'connor yeah yeah and like he was that was a, he was a really cool kid and no i was telling my who was i telling just yet i was telling uh oh i was telling a friend i was like i'm gonna be on my friend's podcast and i was saying I was like, we, I was like, I don't know really what happened. I was like, I, like he was saying on the promo that I was like, I haven't seen him in forever. I said, but I felt, always felt like he and I were like the girl and boy version of each other. I was like, right. we were both in that class supposed to be gifted. I guess we were gifted. <laughs> we were supposed to be gifted. <laughs> but that's what I felt like as an educator now, I tell parents all the time, gifted does not mean high achiever. No, yeah. Gifted just is a different way of thinking. Exactly. So you could be gifted in a lot of things. I might not have, we may not have been gifted in, in English language arts. Like this, just, but that's what they had for us, you know? Yeah. So I was telling her, telling her a story about, we were in Miss French's seventh grade class. I don't know if you remember this. And we had to create a book. Do you remember? We had to create a book. And I said, the thing about me is I'm already like ADHD, like, oh, what? Right. So I was like, I'm a kind of person who needs like structure. And like in those classes, they'd be like, here's your work. Yeah. Go for it. And I was like, I can remember like me and George literally just like roaming around, like kind of working, not really working, just kind of. (laughs) But we each, we had to write this book. My book was something about like too much TV. And your book was like, it was called, I think, The Great Gorilla Wars. Oh, my God. You remember that? Yes. It was called. And I was telling my friend, I was like, okay, we were both in the same predicament. I was like, really? I like That's why I'm a firm believer in collaboration of kids working collaboratively. Because I can remember I had a really great story. And you had, like, your, I told somebody, I was like, his artwork in his book was like, oh, it could have been really published. Like, That's so funny. It was really, really good. I said, but he might have finished four pages of it. <laughs> <laughs> he may have finished four pages of it. And then I had the same thing. And I said, at one point, I got in my book. Like, my story was completely finished. But then at one point, as I, I, I knew I had to finish it, I just started, like, drawing one picture on each page. Like, it was like they were supposed to be jump roping, and it was just a page of a, a picture of a jump rope. <laughs> Yeah, yeah. I think like, we used to hang out all. Oh, like, we didn't used to hang out all the time. I was like, we used to hang out. We used to watch Quantum Leap. Uh, oh my god. We used to do a lot of. I was like, I used to hang out with them all the time. 
I remember the other mean thing used to do to me. Used to do that. Oh like, no. Like, <laughs> The mean thing you used to do to me is like I, I like literally stopped wearing my hair in a ponytail because of it. Oh no, yeah. You would grab my ponytail and pretend like you were punching me, but you weren't <laughs> punching me. You were just grabbing my ponytail, <laughs> and it was oh, funny. No. But like in but hindsight, <laughs> no, oh. you know. But the weird thing about that is like I tell people all the time, I've always felt more comfortable hanging out with guys because mm. I had three brothers. Yeah, like that seemed normal to me because I have three brothers. Yeah. I didn't see anything wrong with that. And it was that so normal, normal because like, like you could just, I could just be watching television and one of my brothers just like literally have to fight for the remote. <laughs> yeah. Like a death match. Yeah. So that seemed normal. I was like, oh my God. That's so like, hilarious. That was mean. Like talking to somebody else. I was like, yeah, and I used to do this really funny thing where I pull my ponytail and somebody's like, that was me. I'm like, was it? What? It's like, I guess, yeah. And if I saw a kid doing that now, I'd be like, what's wrong with you? But then the two kids are just like, wait, what? why? What happened? Yeah. Why would you touch her? Especially yeah. in this day and age. Oh, forget oh, it. Yeah. Forget it. Yeah. You, you, she has a right. If you don't physically touch her, are you okay? Are you harmed? Right. Yeah. Oh my God! You bring it back. So the Gorilla Wars. I remember that because Robert Wars. Babington had a story that he basically ripped off the Lion King. It was like this lion cub who had a diamond in its forehead and was a chosen one. And we're like, that movie hasn't come out yet. How do you, like, did, did you for real? Right. Like, what? How? Do you get a special screening to this? What? I don't get it. And then, uh, yeah. So I remember doing all the artwork and having to draw all the palm trees and all the banana bunches and stuff. And I was like, man, I hate this book. And I just stopped. So like like you like the ADHD kicked in and I was like I'm done, but we had to I guess finish it for a grade. So I was like I guess so like towards yes, the end yes. the, the pictures got more basic and it was just like no color and I was like all right here you go it's not gonna get published so whatever yeah because I I think it was like we made the books and then like she was gonna send them off like in a contest or yeah, something yeah yeah and then yeah no our books didn't make it into a contest it was just like okay mm -mm. here you go give it to your mother I guess. Yeah, the one thing like, I remember it's so so weird. That what, was just a weird time. Yeah, no, for sure. Because what you're describing, I thought happened in sixth grade. Mm -mm, I thought that the was seventh grade. That's so sixth nuts. Sixth grade was. Sixth grade was the newsletter. Do you remember that? And then there was a big kerfuffle, like uh, like uh, it didn't get printed or something like that, and we never got that newspaper. It was like the Wild West or something like that. Yes, I yeah. do remember that. I do remember that. And yeah. that was like when we had we had first gotten a Mac. Yeah. Do you remember that? Yeah, when they first we came a, out. We yeah. had one Mac in our classroom. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. That was a big deal. And then all the rest were Apple IIEs. Yeah. Yeah. Macintosh. Uh, and then do you remember the archaeology dig? Wait. And where do we have an archaeology? We did do that. Where was that at? It was like on the backside of the building. So you know how where we, where we were at in the... the the, the building, it was like that same side. The I, I forget what the street was. So it wasn't where the main entrance was. It was more towards the Kellogg? back. And, is that what that back Kellogg street was? Kellogg is a street that runs to the uh, perpendicular yeah. Fairbanks. Kellogg. That's the only other street that runs on the side of Terrace Hill. Because it's okay. Tropicana and then... So, okay, so it, it, went, it, it, went, it went parallel with Kenworthy. So wherever Kenworthy was... 
Okay. It was it was the the parallel street, but it was on that backside, and I remember we messed something up. I, I I can't remember if it was trivial or if it was like super serious, but Miss Carmona lost her mind, and she was like, "I've never had this happen. Like, what the hell?" And we were just like, "Uh, okay." And then we just wrapped it up and then went went back upstairs, and I was like, "All right." And then and then we messed up the newsletter, and I was like, "What is wrong with us? Like, do like." Are we? I think that, I think that towards, okay, like in sixth grade, I think we were like, she could not be more irritated by us. Yeah. Because we just weren't, like, we just weren't, like, she liked the high achievers, like Adriana, <laughs> Sonia, all Ad of them. Adina. And then she had this little group of misfits that is just yeah. ruining everything. Like, <laughs> yeah. Two little black class, yeah. and then she has a tiny group of misfits that like <laughs> literally did not follow one direction because they literally were not listening <laughs> we're not listening did not read the material beforehand right. i'm like did you read that janae <laughs> nope it didn't read any of these oh books. my god not one of these books um uh. i'm trying to read no but the one thing i can remember about sixth grade is she read this book called it's called i won the pareja or parida something mm -hmm. and i love that book i can just remember her reading it and the one thing that sticks in my mind is her describing like there's a part in the book where he's like gets some hot cocoa uh -huh. and her reading that part i just i the imagery of that part i just always had that stuck in my head and that's the one vivid memory i have of sixth grade I don't even really, really remember what the book was about, but I do remember that part. I think he was like a little, like a peasant oh. boy or something like that. You gotta look that uh, up. Do you remember uh, Johnny Tremaine? He didn't like read it. Oh, <laughs> if you remember, we had to read Johnny Tremaine. Yeah, his Did hand not read got, that. Yeah, his hand got stuck in like gold or something like that, and it was frozen. Uh, yeah. Uh, there was another one, Friends, Fire, and Dark Wings, or something like that. It was like about prehistoric people. Uh, the only thing I remember about reading in class is that I always turned the page after everyone. Like, I would be three quarters of the way through, and then, like, Adriana Dominguez and Adina Campbell would just flip the page, and I'd be like, what? And then Robert Babington, and then Adam, and then everyone would just start flipping pages. I'd be like, what is going on? And then I would flip it, like, and then they would flip the next one, and I'd be like, oh, I just stopped caring. Because you were reading the same thing four times because you were not paying attention to it. <laughs> yeah. Well, I was, I was also, like, immersed in the world so like i imagine the fires yes. uh yeah lapping uh, the air and i was just like I in think it the only books that i've ever read i don't remember one book that we read in seventh grade because i feel oh, no, like yeah. um miss french had like this infatuation with native americans okay everyone yeah thought that yes yeah and then eighth grade i remember reading the once and future king yes and reading once and future king and i read i remember reading gone with the wind but only reading gone with the wind because we were going to have like some like festival or something and like we had to dress up like gone with the wind and then miss carmona made peppermint ice cream okay that might have been second semester because first semester in eighth grade uh i was there and then uh, we moved to mackinac and i had a choice of either finishing it out or moving uh, to H.E. Charles and I went to H.E. Charles. And so that's when I met that whole group of kids. And I was just like, I- That's what happened to you. Yeah. I was like, what happened to George? Yeah. And, and then I was just like, 
I don't fit in here. Let me go back to Terrace Hills because <laughs> I hate this. Oh, I can only imagine. I can only imagine. Yeah. Jesus. Oh, no. Oh. But you know, I moved. What's weird is when after sixth grade, we moved to Cooperstown. That's right. We were, we were supposed to go to H.E. Charles, but we, we stayed at Terrace Hills. Okay. So you used to live on Fairbanks, right? Trans Mountain. Trans Mountain, yeah, okay, because I remember walking to school and then we would meet up like at Safeway and yeah. then uh and then the 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 donut guy, he would see us and then he would just be like, Hold on. And he would hook us up with those those little Debbie donut cakes. <laughs> yeah. the, the donuts. And I was just like, This dude is dope. And then Yeah, the man it wasn't even in the store, it was the man like yeah, the truck. Loading it up, yeah. yeah, in the back <laughs> of the store. You remember that, right? Yes. Yeah, oh my yeah, god. Yeah, because what would happen is Jerome and I we would come from Cooperstown and we would uh we would catch the bus we catch spun metro oh up rushing and we would get off right there at fairbanks oh, and rushing okay. and then walk 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 up the street to terrace hills okay so that's why we would uh meet yeah. up oh that's so funny yeah that man he wasn't oh like yeah it wasn't even in the store he would just give us yeah food just, off uh, just on the back yeah just hey what's up little black kids here you go and then <laughs> Here, have some donut sticks. <laughs> no, I can only imagine if my daughter was like, hey, yeah, strange, some man. man gave us some Dunkin' sticks. <laughs> he gave you some what? what? A Dunkin' stick. I bet he did. Uh -huh. hmm. Just like, let me see the, yeah, let me go find and this one man. One time my daughter decided she wanted to walk to school. She's never walked to school like ever in her life. Well, never how far walked. away is it? Well, now where we live, it's oh, ridiculous. Okay. But okay. Uh, where she, where she, where her grandmother lived. I used to drop her off at her grandmother, and then she could go to school. It wasn't a very far walk. Okay. It was not even the kind of walk that we used to have to walk yeah, from yeah. any place to Terrace Hill. <laughs> so, my her grandmother, her dad's mom, literally, she was like, "Can I walk to school?" And she's like, "Okay." She literally followed her to, like, in the car driving. <laughs> and I just think about. I just think like all the time about, I literally would be like so far away from my house every day. Like I would go, I would leave the house. Right. And be like, bye, I'm going outside. And like, why? Like where my house was versus where like Adam's house was down on Alcan. I would lose my shit if my daughter was like, said she was going outside. And then she was all the way down the street, down Alcan. Yeah. I'm like, I've been looking all over for you. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, Adam lived a little bit farther than me, but because uh, uh, I lived in Trans Mountain Apartments, which was right on yeah. the corner of a uh, autobahn. Everybody and, lived there. Yeah, and then so so making that trek, and then uh, I remember my mom wouldn't let me ride my bike to Adam's house, which was like a five minute bike ride, and I'm like, you let me walk 15, 20 minutes to school every morning. What's wrong with you, lady? And then so she just downloaded all her anxiety onto me. So I gotta cut that generational bug. But uh, okay, no, real quick before. I forget. I wanted to say that. Do you remember? We used to put your head in the hoodie and then and then and then pull yes! the string. <laughs> that too. Oh my god. <laughs> okay. Like, what yeah. is wrong with you? What's wrong with you boys? You crazy ass kids. And then uh and then Henry uh he mentioned. Do you remember we used to ask you to touch your elbows behind your back? Yes, and I was so stupid. <laughs> I was so dumb. I was like, what? But then the other part of that is like, I'm like, what were they doing that for? Cause clearly I was like flat chested up until like, 
my junior year of high school. Yeah. I was like, that was a, that was pointless. Yeah. Like, well, you yeah. really should have went and asked, like, Sonia or somebody to do that. Oh, yeah. But I guess I was the only one dumb enough to be like, <laughs> to <do> okay. <laughs> to do it. Do you remember the, uh, do you remember the uh, Adina's birthday parties? We would go to her house and then eat those fancy dinners. Oh, my gosh. Okay. Do you remember? Okay. The very first one was in, like, sixth grade. Yeah. Well, you, there was okay, one before so I wasn't that there. I, well, I wasn't there for the elementary school ones. Yeah. So the one that, no, the one that you were, like, the very first one, well, no. That might have been the second one, because one of them was, like, an outdoor, like, luncheon in the backyard, and we had gazpacho. No, you were definitely there, because you thought this gazpacho was, was salsa. Was what? Salsa. salsa. <laughs> but why would you serve preteen gazpacho? Right. So it was. I think it was the second. I think it was in seventh grade. This one was in seventh grade. We had this dinner. We had chicken for mm. dinner, like this fancy chicken meal. And then we were going to her. Her mother said we were going to the theater, and everybody else showed up like dressed up to the nines, and you literally wearing like a sweatsuit. <laughs> You're wearing a sweatsuit and you were like, I thought we were going to the movies. <laughs> I thought we were going to the movies and she took us to see Fiddler on the Roof. Okay. Okay. That's when it was. Okay. <laughs> she took us to see Fiddler on the Roof. And I just remember somebody had a Game Boy. <laughs> I don't know who it was. <laughs> who had a Game Boy? Or Robert. Somebody had a Game Boy. And I just remember Adina's mom was like, and then like it was intermission it was intermission and then we're like oh my god we're so glad it's over and she was like oh no that's just the second part i mean it was just the first part matchmaker matchmaker make me a match we're like no no more of this dying this is the longest evening and like, what was so funny about that is like, Adina was very prim and proper, with the but only girl? around her mom. Yeah. Because at school, she was not like that. Yeah. She would be like, really like, like, oh, wow, you're really acting a little bit crazy here, lady, like, calm down. Yeah, I just yeah. remember she was, um, she was insanely intelligent uh, because, um, yeah, she just grasped concepts quickly and then she had like diligence and the work ethic to complete the assignments. So I always looked at her like, damn, all right. Because I always felt like I was hyper observant and I picked things up real quickly, but then I had no work ethic. So I always looked at her like, holy shit, you got the second half of the equation too. But then, oh my God, you're bringing up so many goofy ass memories. I cannot believe. I think because Robert, I remember Robert Babington had a Game Boy because I would go to his place and play him. But uh, I don't think, because, yeah, I don't think he was stupid enough to, pull it out in the middle of a of a live Somebody production had one like and that pulled it out. And Somebody I think... pulled it out. I just remember it's like she's like oh my <laughs> which also was crazy because well game it game boys weren't like today's video games so you had to have that little light thing over it exactly yeah to see. so that's how she knew that y'all were playing it somebody had that little light on it wasn't like color uh, you couldn't see it in the dark Oh my so god. That happened, but I just remember like when I look about look at it now, I remember being like in those classes 
and everybody was very, very smart and intelligent, really, really, really smart. But just like you said, like, I just didn't have that work ethic. Mm -hmm. I just didn't. And I'm like, but I always felt like, oh, they're very smart. They're smart. But I never felt that I was any less intelligent than them. Exactly. I never felt like, oh, oh, I'm never going to get this. But I think that sometimes, um, like, and I, I, like, there's been a couple of times, like, there was a couple of times in between, like, middle school and high school that I kind of had to check somebody about that. Like, oh, don't, like, don't get it twisted. Like, I remember there was a girl who I used to copy her chemistry homework. (laughs) Uh, I used to copy her chemistry homework. And I, one day I asked her for a chemistry homework and she was like, now you need to do it yourself. I'm not letting you copy it. And like, nobody liked her in the class. And I was like, oh, okay. But I think that she thought that I didn't know how to do it. Yeah. Cause I'm like, we're both in the AP chemistry class. I, there's, I got in here at some point, some way. Yeah. But if you're going to sit and do the homework all night. <laughs> right. Why an would I do it? Yeah. An A's an A. <laughs> oh, cover homework. Then the one day she was, and I was like, oh. Knocked it on out and then turned it in. And then I was like, well, now you're going to have to find a lab partner because you're going to be shy. Yeah. No, I that's, was, uh, I was in um, AP English with Adam, Henry, and uh, Adriana Dominguez. And I remember uh, <laughs> it was like two of us were on either side of her and then one of us was behind her. And then it was a test. And then we all just looked at her paper. And so she had to like cover it like this to finish her exam. It's like, we could do it. But I mean, if you're going to study and like. Yeah, we can all. So I think some people forget. I'm like, you, we had to earn our way into this class. They weren't just like, anybody can take this. Yeah. Sign you, up. Were you in AP English? I was in AP English my freshman year, my junior year, and my senior year. Well, honors uh, English, honors English my freshman year. And then yeah, and then I didn't take, uh, there was somebody like who was super hard our sophomore year. Miss Siska. Yes. So I didn't take sophomore honors English. And yeah, I took it my junior year and my senior year. Yeah, I did it the first semester and it was just, she was just incredibly nitpicky. So she would give us like um, a quiz that had 20 problems, but then each one was worth 10. So if you missed half, then you, you got a zero. And then it was just like, why would we even do it? And uh, yeah, so I was just like, I don't give a shit about this lady. So then I dropped out and I forgot who the other, the regular uh, English teacher was. But then yeah, I, had I had Mr. Sherman for Sherman. one semester and I had Miss Cortez for another semester. For sophomore year? For my sophomore year. Oh, okay. For my okay. junior year, I had Mr. Curlis. Curlis, yeah. Yeah, that was, I love that class. Right. And uh, what is that? The Sound in the Fury. We read that book and like he would stand on the table and read it. And like, it was amazing. Uh, I like that book. Oh, and then um, my senior year, I had Miss Adler again. Yeah. Okay. So I had Miss Phillips senior year. I had Miss Adler freshman year. Had Miss Adler my freshman year. I think I had Miss Adler both my freshman year and my senior Senior year. It might have been Miss Phillips. Yeah, Miss Phillips was hilarious. And then we got to do a bunch of projects in her class. I was in there with uh, Tamara, Tamara Taylor. Oh, were you? Yeah, me, Tamara. I don't even remember who was in that class with me. 
I don't remember. I remember that we did. We watched The Princess Bride to talk about archetypes. Oh man. Oh, I think we. I think we watched um, Star Wars. And Star Wars. We watched yeah. Star Wars too. We watched The Princess man. Bride and we watched Star Wars. That's hilarious. That's yeah. I didn't take it. And then I had um, Mrs. Sherman, my sophomore year for history. And like that is literally the only time in my whole life that I was like very near failing a class. I was like, I gotta get out of this class. Damn. She was ridiculous. And like you think about a history class that you took in in college. So like the point of AP class is like so you can get the college course, you know, credit or whatever. I've never had a college history class as hard as that class. Right. Yeah. And like literally your history class in college has four hundred people in it. have time to read a six-page essay <laughs> did you have uh miss gillette senior year or mm-hmm. at, at any point oh my gosh she was this little old lady and she hated me like like worse than miss carmona hated all the little <laughs> misfit kids like she ha- i remember because i did speech and debate and so they were doing mock trial i remember amber best was in mock trial and she convinced miss gillette to to stage a mock trial and i was like oh easy i'm gonna be on this team oh easy yes. and i think jerome got it i think i was in a class with him he was a like a defense attorney or a prosecutor henry got it and then obviously amber got it and a couple other people and i was like wait what maybe i'll be a juror nope i wasn't a juror i was one of the three people completely left out so Aww. so I, I mean i got a grade because you know i had to do it so i just pretended that i was the um the artist the courtroom artist and so I just drew a bunch of pictures and I was like, well, whatever. Yeah, okay. she hated me. It was so fun. That's uh, funny because I've heard about that. I didn't know that you were <laughs> left out. I feel bad. Yeah. As, a, like, as an educator, when I hear things like that, I'm always like, who knows what George could have been if his teacher had given him the chance right. to. Maybe he would have been a lawyer. You don't, you don't know. You have yeah. to give those kids the opportunity. But... I just remember some, whoever the judge was, and I can't think of who the judge was. Jerome said she thinks that he thinks that she didn't know the difference between overruled and sustained. <laughs> that's, I, that's one story that I distinctly remember Jerome telling me. Yeah. Uh, because he was in it or whatever, and he was like, "Yeah, I just don't think she knew the difference between what overruled was and what sustained was." Yeah, he chimed in the chat and he said that uh, uh, he was he was the accused. So a little black kid was the accused, and then the other little black kid was left out completely. Never do that. <laughs> never do that now. Now you could never like. <laughs> what? I can imagine me, and my daughter goes to school with mostly African American uh, kids, black kids. But I could only imagine if Jesse came home and I'm like, "Yeah, we have a mock trial, and <laughs> I'm the defendant." <laughs> Right. I was accused of homicide. Uh, Jerome said Norma Herrera and Henry were the his defense attorneys. And then uh, Amber was the prosecutor and Stephanie Haddock was the judge. Okay. But does he remember? Do you do you remember that you told me that that she didn't know the difference between sustained and overruled? Oh, my God. That's so (laughs) funny. Okay, so who was your favorite teachers uh, growing up? Elementary, middle and high school. Okay, my favorite teacher in elementary school was Miss Leopold. Um, she actually made me want to be a teacher. That's when I got the idea to be a teacher because Miss Leopold was like the best teacher I, I, I had. Like, she was like always nice. She was always like, I had some really mean teachers. Oh, yeah. 
in elementary school, like all my teachers were mean, except for like Miss Ozalski, who was my second grade teacher. Um, she was very nice. She was from Oklahoma and she taught us how to polka. Um, and then I had Miss Leopold in the fourth grade. She used to wear like stirrup tights, which probably was just the fashion there, but I, I thought, used to think that was cute. Um, and then in middle school, honestly, probably Miss Carmona, like the Miss Carmona from eighth grade was, she was a really fun teacher. Um, when we were in sixth grade, I don't know. She, I don't think she just liked little kids. And yeah. in sixth grade, you really are kind of little. Well, it was probably, she was, a, she was probably an eighth grade teacher and then there was a shortage. And so they made her teach sixth grade because I've seen that. Uh, yeah. Oh, definitely. Yeah. So probably middle school, Miss um, Carmona. Well, Mr. Gravelos. Yeah. We didn't talk about Mr. That. No. Seven, I mean, middle school has to be Mr. Gravelos. He yeah. was the best. Remember, remember how many times we watched Encino Man? Oh my God! Do you remember I used to I used to run around class with rulers in my in my uh, yeah. fist like I was Wolverine. Wolverine, yeah. And I would stalk kids like I would hide under the desk and then you're like, what is George doing? And then I run and I pretend to slice him up. And, like, then, and he just and that was a fun class, but that was then we have to talk about engagement. Like he had us like we had a lot of freedom in that class. But there was a lot of learner engagement. Like oh, there was yeah. a lot of engagement where, where kids wanted to do the things that were in the class. So you stayed on task so you could yeah. do those things. I remember almost I mean, like every if project. It was just like the day of note so that yeah. you were going to get to the thing. We made all the Lego uh, cards with the competition. Oh my God, to figure yeah. out how. I remember that uh, I think it was me, you, and Adam, and we, were, we had come up with this car where the engine would fall off at the end. Oh, okay. Yeah. Oh, so that would go further. Oh, yes. Okay. So yeah, that one was great because we had like a yard long piece in the front because it yes. was whoever got the farthest. And so yes. we made that piece on the front. And then I remember uh, watching it like hit the bottom of the ramp. They would like stutter. So I was like, mm -hmm. oh, that's great. Like if we precariously put a weight on there, it will drop off and then propel it even farther. I don't remember if we won. I feel like we got at least top three. But yeah, I remember the, all those little different ideas. And then um, do you remember the... Um, we had to the ovens. We had to make the ovens out of aluminum foil and black. Yeah, the, the solar ovens. I did that with my class. We did oh, that. Yeah. Um, we talked about uh, types of energy. We made those solar ovens. Are you a science teacher? Um, well, at one point I was self-contained, so I taught all subjects, um, and then I went switched to being blocked to just English language arts, and now I'm an English language arts specialist. So oh, I don't okay. work in the classroom with kids anymore. I just oh, like, do this and do that. And no, that's wrong. Learn engagement. No, I just say, hey, this is what they want us to do. Let's do that. So damn. I'm the person who tells, I, all my job is like, if these people say this, then I tell these people that they said this. So you're so not in the classroom me. anymore? Mm -mm. No. Oh, damn. I have an office and everything. Oh, damn. All right, girl. Oh, you know, I got an office. <laughs> no. Literally, it used to be a closet. They put some bookshelves in it. <laughs> like Ryan Howard in the office. <laughs> <laughs> in between the two restrooms, you get a little office. Yeah, exactly. Um, okay, so I talked to Adam recently, and I totally forgot, but when we did the ovens, uh, I guess we could, like, use magnifying glasses, and he just heated up the thermometer with the magnifying glass. And then Mr. Gravos was like, really? You got it that hot? He's like, yeah. He's like, whatever. So that was the great thing about Mr. Gravelos is like he knew we were we were lying. He knew we were little shits, but he was just like, I don't care. I just remember when people would like 
tag his desk because like he taught <laughs> tech, but then yeah. he would then he taught like a whole nother demographic of kids. So I just remember when people would tag his desk, he would like write messages back to them. Oh damn. I just That's like, like so and so is like you would like call them names. Do you remember wrote uh, it on the desk? Because he had a bunch of Apple IIe's in the back, and I just always remember playing Sticky Bear or Oregon Trail. Oregon Trail. Yeah. And then in uh, Miss Lewis, the, the computer tech teacher or whatever, mm-hmm. we used to play Lemmings. Like every Lemmings. Day. Oh, my Lemmings. God. Yeah. That's so it, we come over probably from middle school and then for high school. I can't think of like, I'm trying to think of one teacher who was like, she really made an impact. I like really liked Miss Matthews. I liked uh what subject did she teach Miss Ma- Miss Matthews? History? History, okay. Um Miss Matthews, I guess. My coaches, Coach McBurrows, Coach Hatch, Coach Neiman. So Oh Neiman, yeah. Really- I had her for algebra two and I just remember like failing her class because I had to take algebra two like three times because the ADHD was was thick those last few years senioritis and ADHD pff, oh, it's a disaster um, you know what the only reason why I think that I did I did really well like in high, eighth grade I did really well I took uh pre-algebra I think in eighth grade or no whatever it was regular algebra because I took I don't know what I took but um, my eighth grade teacher was really good and so she put me in honors algebra Oh, my damn. freshman year and I had the coach Z and I don't I don't know why I was in that class I literally could not understand anything I was like I'm not good at this math <laughs> I'm like I have to get out of this class and like he's one of those people I always I always believe like people who were not good at something are the best teachers at it so like let's say um uh, if somebody who's really really good at math is not the best teacher of it because they're like they don't really understand how you don't get it because it comes so naturally to yeah. them. My daughter's like that. She's really good at math. Like, like I don't even know where she came from. So I'm like, I don't even, I don't know how to help you with this. And she's like, I don't understand. All you have to do is this, this, and then da da da, and then it's X. Duh. <laughs> I'm like, well, then I don't. Everybody's supposed to not good at math, but yeah, no. But I remember that our all three of our track coaches were math teachers. So Coach Neiman was a math teacher, Coach McBurls was a math teacher, and Coach Hatch was the math teacher. So if you came in failing math, they were going to go off on you. Because they like, like, literally be like at study hall, like getting the report cards, and they'd be like, <laughs> and they'd be like, you're failing math? You have three math teachers in here. <laughs> What events did you run uh, in track? Um, I ran the quarter, and I run the four uh, the four by four relay. Oh damn! And um, actually, I was a freshman letterman. Me and Ingrid Jacques were the only two freshmen on varsity track our freshman year. She was uh, cross country, right? Ingrid? No, yeah. Ingrid played soccer, and then literally she was an anomaly because she literally would like play soccer the whole year and then like come to like the last track meets and be like the fastest in the whole oh damn <laughs> in the whole district probably she was quick she oh, was damn. awesome okay, but we didn't, she... same, we didn't run the same we didn't we didn't run the same event 
Okay, I thought she did long distance, like, because I remember Michael Talamantes was uh, long distance also. Yeah, Michael Talamantes was long distance. Uh, we had um, uh, Melissa Mazarese was long distance. Yeah. I can't uh, the distance runners. I remember, remember Melissa. I remember Loretta for a while, but I don't know what happened to Loretta, Loretta Maldonado. Yeah, I saw her um, on Facebook a few years ago. Carol but... Owen, I mean, not Carol Owen, Carol... Diaz? Oh, D yeah, Carol okay. Diaz was a long distance runner. Mm. Yeah, we're friends on Facebook. I want to chat with her. But do you remember um the morning announcements? Michael Talamantes, Kyle, Adriana, yeah. and then was it Ingrid? She was part yeah. of that, that group. Yeah. They were the student body president. Yeah. They're part of that group. And then okay, so here we go. We're gonna get into the nitty-gritty. We're gonna we're gonna find out right here. Ladies and gentlemen, 22 years later, did you or did you not pay for your Denny's for senior breakfast? I wait, was I there? I don't know. I think Jerome was there and I remember sitting with him and then paying and I, then leaving early. If I was there, then I definitely paid. Paid, okay. Cause I rem I'm like, was I there? Was I there? I think I was there and I paid. Yeah. But I just remember it was like the Blair and I mean like the, the Scarlet Witch trials. Because everybody's yeah. like, she didn't pay and they didn't pay him like <laughs> right? it was nuts. Cause I remember I walked in and I was like because I, I don't know, I, I was a bit, I, I was like I said, I was a weird dork. So I walked in there, and I was like, oh, there are no weird dorks in here. It's all the popular kids. And I was like, oh, no. And then I was like, there's a little table of black kids. I was like, oh, hey. We'll and then I was like, I know Jerome. And then uh, I think it was Jerome, Gwen, Tam. I don't remember, like, specifically who. And I was like, Oh, hey. Gwen was there, then I was there. Okay. And I, I remember sitting down, and I was just like, I have nothing to contribute to this conversation. So I remember eating and then paying and then leaving, like, early. And then, mm -hmm. and then I guess that's when all hell broke loose and then everyone decided to just walk out without paying or yeah, dine and ditch, dine and Yeah, I'm like, I, no, I definitely, I definitely paid because I think it's like one of those things, like, like if, if I, out of anybody to get caught for doing something like that, it would have been the black kids. Yeah. So. <laughs> yeah. It's like paid. you were raised better. Yeah. Yeah. Like we paid. I'm like, no, it's not worth seven dollar eggs to yeah not graduate and then but i just remember everything that year anything that was like associated with being a senior was like a disaster it was year. tainted i remember uh they, they we we wanted to use our funds i don't know however we got them but seniors wanted to use the funds to get a new sign out on um uh, mackinac and was it alcan sun valley sun valley yeah mackinac and sun valley they wanted that big sign and they're like nope we got to pay for your your breakfast, you idiots. And we we're like, oh, no. But then. <laughs> That's so stupid. It wasn't us. I wonder who I, I really I, well, it was me. I know I paid. I wonder who it was. Like, I wonder, like, like, let's take a poll. Who say yes or no if you did that? Like, did you pay for your senior breakfast? I did. I paid. Definitely. Yeah. Get I don't remember there. being there, though. Yeah. I guess I was there. If Jerome was there and Gwen was there, then I had to be then there. You should have been there, yeah, definitely. Yeah. But and it sucks too because like this is before cell phones, obviously. So there's no way, like, because if we were there, we would have all taken pictures and like it would have been yeah. well documented. But now it's just like, who's gonna click? Yeah, I'm sure there was some of that going on, but not to be like, oh, this was a senior breakfast. Yeah, exactly. And nobody paid, but I don't remember. I don't remember. Those were those 
those are those times and then uh people ditching school senior ditch day and all those kinds of things yeah, I don't, re- I don't remember doing that because I hung out with Daniel. You remember Daniel Smith? He was in our sixth grade mm-hmm. class, too. Yeah, Daniel Smith, Cyrus, uh, Henry, and Sam, uh, the late Sam Reisner. Did you hear that he passed? Yes. Yeah, and you know, so like maybe um, we had had an exchange like a few months ago, mm-hmm. and I was like, oh, that's really, really sad, you know. Yeah. That was really sad. But like, I just remember, like, where were you guys? Where did y'all hang out? We hung out in, okay, so, because Sam, Henry, and I were on the speech and debate team, and I think Cyrus uh, tried for a little bit, so we would either hang out with uh, Nick Carcerano's younger brother, um, mm-hmm. Christopher, but we called Chris him Guido, Carcerano. yeah, yeah, we called him Guido, and so we would hang out in his room, or we would hang out in Nick's room, because, um, so we found out that he would have the answer keys, uh, the Scantron for the tests, the morning of. He would just hide it in random places. So every morning of a test, we would go into his classroom and we'd find where he hid him, you know, pretending that we were studying. And then there was this one girl, she was a couple years younger than us, and she knew what we were doing. We were like, man, you're not going to tell anyone. Shut, shut up. Stop. Stop. And then, like, we bullied her into not telling. And then so <laughs> we, we, would, we would get all the answers. And this is why to the anatomy To the anatomy test? Oh, every single test, yeah. Yeah, I just was, remember that everybody would just pass around that packet, like the packet that had all the answers. Like, remember, like, I don't even know what Mr. Crasherano would teach us except for like <laughs> dissecting the thing. Yeah. But like every week he would give us that huge packet that you had to finish like filling out basically. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. And I just remember there was like a packet floating around and like everybody would just copy that one packet. Okay, but I didn't yeah. know it was like, the answers. I no, wish yeah. I hadn't known that to the test. Yeah, he had the Scantron just like lying, like he would hide it in between uh, two books just randomly. And then like it was easy to find it because we, it was like five of us looking for it. And so we wrote down all the answers. And then so I don't know if you remember, but we I, I my favorite pen was a Pentel. And it was like this thick bamboo piece of wood. And then I wrote down all the answers and it was clear. And I would put them inside that pen and I would leave it at the top of my desk. And then, you know, obviously for a Scantron, you don't need a pen. So I was like, please don't let anyone say shit about me having a pen on there. And then we all predetermined who was going to miss what questions. So it didn't look like we cheated. So we all got A's and B's, but we never missed the same ones. And that's why kids today are so dumb, because if they get the answers, they'll just copy them exactly. So if one kid has, you know, answers one, three and five missing, then every other kid will have one, three and five missing. It's like, you guys are dumb. Just (laughs) randomize that. Yeah. I like miss a different one. No, yeah. so yeah, I remember that. I had um, I had the other Mr. Crasherano for speech. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. And for for speech, I really liked him. I just remember him telling this story about going to some weird town, and like like a clown coming out, and he's like, "Children will play games." I like. <laughs> I just remember that story. That was a really fun. He was a really fun teacher too. But I do remember that you guys would, um, like when we were in middle school, we would be with Ms. Dinwiddie and we would go to the speech and debate tournament. And yeah. you guys would like really do well at the Lincoln-Douglas uh, debate. I yeah. just remember like we'd come in, ragtag bunch of Terrace Hills and like here are all these kids from like the, the West Side and you guys were like kicking okay. ass. So so yeah, in, 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 um, in high school, yeah, we dominated. Junior and senior year, it was just like four of us. 
uh, me, Henry, Teron Johnson, and this other kid, Austin Arabali, and we dominated. It was it was brutal. But then Miss Dinwiddie, she was our uh, theater teacher in at Terrace Hills, but she went yeah. and became, I guess, a speech teacher at Austin. Mm-hmm. And so I was like, Miss Dinwiddie, what's up? Do you remember me? And I think she vaguely remembered me because I was so awkward. And so I think she was like, oh, yeah, I remember you. And then uh, and then she only had one girl on her squad and then she just couldn't couldn't compete but that was so fun yeah we would always we would always what does that have to do with the story (laughs) oh no she had this one girl yeah she couldn't compete against anybody well she's a little (laughs) white girl yeah but uh no no and i remember (laughs) see that's why i'm just a weird dork but okay so it i remember the morning announcements they would always uh talk about us and i was like yeah that's right and i felt like i don't know like i was super popular but then no one gave a shit and i remember when it was time for senior superlatives I was like, guys, vote for me, class clown. Hey, vote for me. And I just remember, I think it was Tamara, because I think it was in uh, English class. She gave me this look that was like, you fucking moron. And I was like, oh, my God. I was class clown. I was most friendly and class clown. Yeah, I remember John Ruff got class clown. Yeah, and John Ruff. I was like, that makes sense. He's hella popular. I was like, oh, my God. The look she gave me was cut me to the core. It's funny, but like. I feel like they could have spread the wealth a little bit because like everybody should just have one because like yeah. I was, I was class clown, but I was also most friendly. I'm like, they could have really give like, like, okay, she already is class clown or she's already most friendly. Give it to somebody else. There were a couple of people who were on the list, like a couple of times. And then there were also some people who were um, like, I don't know who they knew. I'm like, that doesn't describe that person. Like that person, Jerome was uh, most likely to succeed. Oh yeah, and yeah. Succeed, he did. He makes peanuts. He's a social worker. Yeah, but it's all <laughs> about the outcome. Yes, yeah, all about the outcome, not the income. He uh, he does a really a really great job um, pr- pr- protecting our most vulnerable citizens. Yo, yeah, yeah, so, for sure. I mean. I told him I couldn't do that job because, like, I would literally be like Josephine Baker. I would have like this whole rainbow collision of children that I adopted. Yeah. Because every time I go out on a case, I would end up adopting that child. (laughs) Couldn't do that job. Well, I I remember because my first Facebook account just got too convoluted and I was like, I'm tired of this shit. So I deactivated and started a new one, started fresh. But I remember in that first one, I would see a bunch of his stories. And just be like, man, I don't know how he does it. Like the patience to have for those, you know, kids in, in their situations. Oh, uh, yeah, I couldn't handle it. So, yeah, kudos. And people are like, I'm just like, oh, my my goodness. Like even like, um, I don't know, there was, a, there was this um, show on Netflix called um, Gabriel, I can't think of his oh, last Inglesias, name. Oh, Inglesias, the stand-up comic, yeah. Fluffy? Yeah. No, no, not him. Uh, not the comic. It was like a little boy. <laughs> Hilarious. It was really, it was a story um, about a little boy. What is this side? Uh, um, about a little boy who was getting really abused by his parents. Hmm. And it was basically kind of like how the system kind of dropped the ball on, you know, what was going on. But in all actuality, it's, it's a really difficult job. But I had to stop watching it. I couldn't, because like, at one point they interviewed the teacher 
And the teacher was like, yeah, so that she could see that this abuse was happening and she was calling Child Protective Services. And then like, it seemed like it was getting worse. And I was telling, I was telling my coworkers, I was like, I do not care. If I saw a child like that, like it was terrible abuse he was suffering. I would not let him go home. Yeah. I would, I was just like, I don't, I would like, I was like, I, they'd be like, that's against the law. I'd be like, I don't care. I would literally tell his mom, I'm not sending him home with you. Come fight me. Yeah. Like, I think it's I'm called the, the trials of Gabriel Fernandez. Yes. That. Yeah. Okay. It was, I had to stop watching it. It was, it was, it was way too sad, especially when they interviewed the teacher. I'm like, you stupid. You should not let him go home. Damn. You should not have let him go home. Yeah. It was too sad. So, and those are things like drone, uh, like, You'll have to interview him, yeah. But like to hear more about his job and you, you know, no, like, no, yeah, for sure. Just that kind of stuff, but like just some of the things that he had to deal with, especially because he was like in a special unit where he oh, handled the most severe cases. So it was. He's a much stronger person than I. Damn. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. And I and I, I will concur that uh, not. I don't know, like compared to you, but stronger than me yeah for sure but uh no and it was it sucked too because in that first account i remember virtue signaling before there was a term for virtual signaling oh these freaking fruit flies so i remember uh, um i remember like five years ago just going nuts about the redskins the name and i was just like if you are a redskins fan you are a racist and i just remember going nuts and, and especially with like you and jerome i was like yeah say something on my timeline and then and then i remember months later i was like i've made a huge mistake but then it's not like you can go back and <laughs> apologize for something that wasn't specifically directed at someone and then so <laughs> so when i created the second account i was like oh okay uh don't be an asshole just uh just uh just chill out um and th that's the other thing i realized too is like being a stakeholder so it's like uh white people who want to like tell black people how to feel about blm and all this stuff but it's like you're not a stakeholder so maybe just keep your opinion to yourself and then i'm not a stakeholder in the native american uh, uh trials and tribulations so maybe i should just keep my opinion to myself and then Dan Snyder changes the football name. So I know yeah. you're a huge Redskins fan, or uh, I'm sorry, you're a huge football team fan. What yeah. is your uh, oh, football team? <laughs> Hail to the football team. <laughs> what is your uh, opinion on that? I think that, um, I think that the name is offensive. It was offensive. It would just be like, oh, the Boston Blackies. You'd be like, hey, we probably need to change that. Like, yeah. that's not, that's not good. <laughs> Like, let's go Blackies! And like, you know what I'm saying? Like, that's not good. And it's like, uh, that's not good. So I felt like it was time for a change. I felt like the reasoning behind the reasoning, like we're not changing it because of this. Um, like, even like, if you go back to like the history of the name, the first owner of the role, like, I guess he wasn't the first one, he was the second owner of the Redskins. And he brought the team, he brought the team from Boston to Washington, D.C. And um, one of the coaches on the team was a Native American or an, uh, you know, an in indigenous person. Mm -hmm. And he, uh, because of that, he named the team the Redskins. And they had some, mm -hmm. some Indian, some Native American indigenous people um, on the team. So that's how the name originated. It, that's why he started calling it the Redskins. So it was semi- like coded in racism from the beginning. Yeah. So then just to carry that name on for so long, um, 
but then like you said i'm not a stakeholder in that because honestly there's some people who think the name is fine like mm. who are native american descent like they think the name is fine yeah um they think that the logo is signed. Some people, and there's like a huge debate. Some people think the name needs to go, but the logo can stay because it's not really. Um, Isn't that a caricature? Yeah, yeah, like the Cleveland Indians. Yeah, it's not cartoonish. It's, you know, whatever. But I mean, but really the name change is all connected to money. And really, um, the other thing was that there's like a few stories that came out about like sexual harassment right? and some like okay, me yeah. too stuff. Yeah. That they, I think, and then the name change was done to kind of try to bury all of that. Mm-hmm. So we're gonna say, oh, we're gonna change the name. Oh, don't look over here. <laughs> <laughs> we were pimping out our cheerleaders, but right? don't look over here. Yeah, let's just talk about the name change. Yeah, that's exactly so. what I thought about as uh, uh, whenever it happened, because I know he was adamant. Dan Snyder was adamant on not he, changing the name, and so so down. when. So when he announced it, I was like, no, 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 no. Don't celebrate. There's something, there's something, let's wait for the end game. And then I, you know, you can never predict that stuff unless you're following it closely. But then, then I think it was like a few weeks or a month later, the story broke about, yeah, pimping out cheerleaders. And I was like, mm-hmm. boom, there you go. That's why he's changing the name. He's so, trying to bury it. Yeah, he's try- yeah, so. trying to bury it. And then, uh, <laughs> and then I guess some dude, uh, whenever they announced it, went and trademarked a bunch of names. Yeah, he trademarked and- every... Like, okay, so I guess they had done like a poll or some, some they had done a poll about the name. Oh. And all the names that people came up with, he went and trademarked. Oh so I my. think he trademarked like the Washington Warriors, the Washington Red Tails. He, any of the names that they were like, oh yeah, we really like these names, he trademarked all of them. Oh my so like, God. I don't know for sure. And I, hadn't re- I haven't really read anything about it. I think that's the holdup. Yeah, which is why he, yeah, he, he uh, decided to go with football team, the Washington yes. football team. Washington football team right now. Hail to the football team. <laughs> oh. Are you going to make shirts? Hail to the football yeah, team? Definitely. No, but like the day before they were going to announce the name change, I literally wore redskin stuff from head to toe. <laughs> and my brother was like, my brother's like, why are, like, it's not even full season. Why are you wearing redskin stuff from head to toe? I was like, this is the last day I can actually wear this without looking like a complete asshole, mm-hmm. like insensitive asshole. Like we changed the name for a reason. <laughs> you monster. So today I could, today we're the redskins still. So I'm wearing my redskins tomorrow. You'll never see it again. But I literally so- had like a visor on a t-shirt. <laughs> I look like a Trump supporter, like <laughs> visor, T-shirt, I'm like change the name. So, <laughs> so like imagine like seeing someone in all Redskins gear and then being like, hey, asshole. And they turn around and that person's black and then being like, ah, like you can't say shit to them. Right. But no, you could. Like, yeah. I think like. I wouldn't care. Yeah. I'm like, what's that? Because now it's vintage. <laughs> it's throwback. It's throwback. That's a throwback. So I I wouldn't care, but there would be people who cared. Oh yeah. yeah just like sure. you said, like I'm like, then don't if you don't like that, then don't do that. Like if you don't like same sex married, don't get same sex married. Yeah. Like yeah. <laughs> what do you care about? Like what do you care about that that it angers you that much? Yeah. That you lose your shit. Yeah, because it's just like certain things like that has nothing to do with me. 
why do why do I care about what why would I care about that that intensely yeah it's somebody that's somebody else's business it's none of my business yeah and it's one thing that I've kind of figured out living in the Midwest living among the whites uh, is that they really don't care like they have a preference one way or the other like something will bother them or you know uh, or whatever but it's whenever they get in groups that the tribalism starts feeding it each you know itself and then they and then they get amplified like i don't know if you heard about there was this black dude in bloomington indiana which is like an hour and 20 minutes away from here but he was out like it was fourth of july weekend and he was like um out on the lake or whatever and then like three white dudes like pinned him to the ground and then they eventually got like still images from the video and they figured out who they were and then the the da brought charges up against them and it's insane but they were was it the guy who was like with his friends like in the forest or something yeah there like we go that? yeah 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 in the and woods then, on the like, lake they had to like they were like let him go yeah. let him go yeah yeah i saw that i saw yeah. that and so that's like just down the road and then um and that's actually a very liberal city too it's like it's like um what is it? it's like woke what, what did i say it's like uh uh super liberal yeah and so uh, it's it's amazing that it could still happen there, but I mean it could happen anywhere. But that's why like you get a group of people who who have a preference towards that particular side, and then you fuel them up with with alcohol and liquor, and then it's just bad news bears. I'm not saying that as black people we should stay away from there, but like I was mowing the lawn earlier today on the corner, and there might have been like a hundred cars that passed. No one threw a a brick at me, or no one spit on me, or no one yelled anything. They just have things to do they don't care so if they have a preference one way or the other they didn't display it so that's why they didn't display it and like right now or i'm in the like middle i'm reading this book called uh white fragility um by robin d'angelo and it's really not a book that is for black people the book is written from the voice of a white woman mm-hmm. who is talking to other white people and basically like you have to check your privilege basically mm. like and it's like when we're saying that they don't care either way it's because they don't have to yeah because they live in a place that was made and designed for them Mm-hmm. And like what she's saying is not like, oh, you should be more sensitive to it. It's just sensitive to it. Well, she is kind of, but recognizing it, recognizing that it does happen. And like, just because it's, you're not that kind of person or just because you have black friends or you have, you know, whatever, it's just recognizing that these things do happen to black people. And this is the, like, even though you're, you are not, you might've grown up poor. You might've grown up in this way, but in some way you still benefit from your whiteness. Mm-hmm. And it's like, the book is not written. Like it affirms a lot of things that I already thought or already knew just about being like being a black person in America, being a black woman in America, especially, but it's really about a book. Like it's for people, not people who are racist, it's for people who think that they're not racist. Mm-hmm. Okay. Like they're completely exempt from racism. Do you understand what I'm saying? Yeah, yeah, yeah. There's, there's people who are like, 
I can't be racist. I have I have black friends, or I can't yeah. be a racist. Yeah. My 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 niece and nephew are mixed. Like you might not have like there's things such thing as called like when they're in the book she talks about white supremacy. Mm-hmm. And she talks about white supremacy as this idea that when people think of white supremacy, they think about the ultimate white supremacy, like the clan, who cuts yeah. clan yeah. the skinheads. Mm. And it's really the idea more so that that in America or even in society, what white is like almost synonymous with human. So the reg, it's the standard. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. It's the standard. So the it's default. not like, huh? The default. It's the default. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? So she's like, just kind of getting the two, like, think about where you went to school. Think about where you live. Think about where he was. Was it better? Was it considered better? Because more white people are there, then it's the best. And she's like, these things don't happen. Like basically she's saying like these things don't happen on accident. And basically just like encouraging people like before becoming offended because somebody like basically calls you out for something like, it's not a big deal. Like you benefited from it just because that's how society is. Mm -hmm. It's it's not a bad thing. It's just recognize that. Yeah. It's like, it's, it's that kind of thing, but it's like, you don't have to, just like I was telling somebody, I said, like, you will never have, I was telling one of my friends who's in no way, like, she's like the sweetest girl, like the lady, like, you know, you talk about filling the bucket yeah. and like good things. I said, I don't think there's anything you could do to like empty the bucket to where I'd be like, I, you angered me because she's just such a nice, nice person. And I was just saying like, oh, dang, I lost my train of thought. I was saying to her, I said, you never had to walk into a room and be like, oh, I'm the only black girl in here. Right. Never wreck. You've never had to do that. And or never been or very few times you've had to be like, oh, I'm the only black person. I'm the only white person in here. Like. So I don't know. It's well, like, I, a book, I think it's a book that a lot of people should read. Oh, definitely. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, well, real quick before I forget, but I think like uh, with with a woman, I think they can kind of relate as, like a white woman. They can kind of relate because they'll walk into a room and think, oh, damn, I'm the only woman in here. Well, it's like, OK, now imagine that feeling, you know, that that fear, that's mm-hmm. that, that suspicion and then amplify it as a black person. Because I remember when I first came up here. I went into uh, one of these country bars, like the VFW or the Lion or the Moose or the Eagle or whatever. <laughs> Everyone was dancing on the dance floor. And then I walked in and then slowly, like one at a time, they started leaving until like five, ten minutes later, there was no one in there. They just went to the other, you know, hillbilly bar. And I was like, maybe it was a coincidence. Maybe it's like, you know, dollar dollar long necks uh, was over and they went to the other bar for the other special. Like, I'm not going to chalk it up to racism. But it's still suspect. And no. Um, yeah. But then like the thing about it is like if you were if you were white, you would literally just be like, oh, it's because the dollar long neck thing is mm-hmm. over. Yeah. But because you're black, you'd be like, do they leave because of because of me? Yeah, for real. Yeah, exactly. And then you were saying something about uh, um we just want them to recognize that just they benefit recognize. from the system. But yeah, in, in their mind, it's like a slip, slip slippery slope. So if they recognize that 
it happen, then they feel like they have to give everything up that they have. So it's like, no, 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 we're not asking you to give up your six-figure job. We're not asking you to give up your property, your assets. We're just saying, hey, it was a little bit easier for you than it was, uh, yeah. you know, for us. And then now, like, and this is like what um, I've been I've been watching a lot of YouTube videos with uh, to to I can't say his, his first name Tanahasi Coates. Tanahasi Coates. Yeah, and mm-hmm. um, uh, I think it's something Hughes Coleman Hughes. Mm-hmm. Um, but they were talking about reparations, like they were in front of some sort of Senate committee talking about reparation. And and I don't know how you feel about it either way. I want to ask your your opinion on that. But I don't want reparations. I don't think we we particularly need reparations. What I want is just instead of telling us to pull ourselves up by our bootstraps, how about just get out of our way and then just let That's us it. just let us go to the boot store, buy our, our boots, <laughs> and, buy then, our boots. And, then, and then we'll pull ourselves up by our bootstraps, you know, just get out of our way that's that's really um, and i think well i think it was john stewart john stewart said on um i think he was on the breakfast club oh okay um and he was talking about um reparations I, was he on the was it on the breakfast club or was it on jesus and Mero? i don't remember but he was talking about reparations and when he talked about reparations was what not really giving out money but People are wealthy or rich because they own things. Yeah. They have equity. Yeah. So what what it would be, reparations would be, is some form of equity that we could get equity in something to build build wealth mm-hmm. versus just money. I think it would have to be something like that. I feel like I don't know how they would hand it out, but I feel like that it just needs to be something. Yeah. Instead of like, instead yeah. of a check that we would blow on uh, Timberlands and spinning rims. Spinning <laughs> rims. Uh, yeah, Remember that like, on Dave Chappelle? No, <laughs> no. I, I always think of, um, there's this guy who made a rap. It's a uh, read a book, read a book, read a mall fucking book. Yeah. Have you seen that one? R E A D A B O. Okay. And so he just made a rap where it's just like basic stuff, like wear deodorant, drink water, read a book, okay. not a magazine. Uh, but he said it to like a crunk style rap, but um, uh, that's why I kind of like what's going on with uh, black celebrities. And I've always mm-hmm. talked about this, uh, spe- you know, recently, but like um, uh, Tiffany Haddish and Kevin Hart, uh, I think she picked up the bug from him, but like she's really uh, uh, talking about generational wealth. She's like, I'm trying to build this generational wealth. And then Kevin Hart's talking about building uh, a legacy, building an empire. And then, um, I remember it was the ble- uh, Breakfast Club. It was was it DJ Envy, mm-hmm. uh, and and what's his name Charlotte Charlotte McNagney, the God. <laughs> uh, but uh, uh, DJ Envy was talking about uh, get an apartment building, like like get a loan, buy an apartment building, and then live in the top floor, rent out the bottom two or three floors, and then that rent will pay for your mortgage. And I was mm-hmm. like, <laughs> and I love saying this. I was like, oh, you mean basic white people shit, like. What they've been doing for the past two, three hundred years, you know, in the in the states. I think about like things like, and I don't think people realize that like things like, oh, when I was in college, like I had friends whose parents bought property in Lubbock. I went to school at Texas Tech University. Bought property in Lubbock. They lived there. Their child lived there with two roommates. Their roommates paid that child rent, and by the time they were graduating. They have a paid house. They have a house yep. in Lubbock in their name, paid for. That what can they do with that? Like you know what I'm saying? Like imagine they have that built yep. into. It. It's like those kinds of things. It's like but those things like happen over time. 
And like I would say, like people, I'm like, I tell people all the time, like, slavery is not that far removed. Right, like, the, like not that far removed from slavery. What's well, like the first girl who who went to that uh, desegregated school is like 65 or something like that. Yeah, she's like yeah. the same age as my parents. <laughs> yeah. My parents went to my, my parents were my parents went to school. They would have went to elementary school in what 1959. My parents were born in 19. Well, my parents were born in 19. 54 so they would have started elementary school in 1959 they were still going to segregated schools all the way up into the time they were like in the fifth sixth grade seventh grade yep so yeah. i was like it's not that far removed and we keep trying to say like it is and it's not and i said they're just like there's no accident that these things happen but yeah, i don't know but like we're but we're in a time and i'm hoping like i really feel like like my daughter's generation and like these next generations are really going to be working towards, you know, something else. We're like in a, another cycle of activism. Exactly. Like we're yeah. in another cycle of activism. We didn't do anything, our generation. Um, but no, yeah. <laughs> and then as, as soon as you said that, we I got just, Obama in though. Yeah, um, no, but as soon as you said that, I just pictured like master P and like, all these other rappers with these massive gold chains on their necks. And I'm just oh, like, yeah, we, we, did. we didn't do shit. We got, we, we got, no, okay. You know what we did? This is what we did. And I'm glad you brought that up. We demonstrated the, our purchasing power. We demonstrated that we are a vital part of the consumer economy in, in producing content, but then also in consuming content. So instead of having the plucky black sidekick in every buddy, buddy cop movie, we started mm -hmm. to become the hero we started to become the star so that's what we did oh fuck y'all okay i get that yeah i get that because i can even think like, i was watching this thing about whatchamacallit uh like urban streetwear yeah and how like nobody was really designing for that yeah and then it started becoming like oh this is viable like we can make money from this exactly we can exploit these a, people yeah yes but still we, they were like oh yeah we can make they th that's a demographic so, yeah. no, but I really feel like, you know, my daughter, she's 16, and then, like, people who are coming, like, a few years before her, and then her, and then a few years after her, we're really going to start seeing this cycle of, you know, activism, and, like, like some of the things that my daughter even talks about, I'm like, oh, wow, like, you're woke. <laughs> <laughs> like, as she talks yeah. about, and, like, she was taking a class last year, and just, she was talking about like literally on the way home from school, she was talking to me about the difference between culture and race and ethnicity and how like, I was literally driving home. At this point, she was only a, a sophomore and I'm like, who am I raising? Mm -hmm. Like we're literally like on the like way home and that's the conversation that she wants to have. Exactly. It's like, let's get into some deep philosophical and socioeconomic yeah, like, issues, mom. Yeah. Like, Swing so by the Dairy think? Queen. And she's like, so what do you think? As she's eating like an ice cream cone. Like, what do you think? <laughs> the person is such and such. I'm like, oh, I was like, I guess um, you may have changed my thought about that. Yeah. And so that's what I'm hoping uh, is 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 the outcome with all this uh, BLM uh, activism and, and protest. I know mm -hmm. that the riots were kind of a sore uh, issue because um, it was a mix of of looters and it was a mix of protesters. So it's hard to say like, 
yeah, the riots were great because it galvanized and it you know empowered black people. But at the same time, you had people specifically uh, um, on the mission of destruction. And so you can't condone that. But at the same time, like I'm glad that everything happened the way it did. And what I'm hoping is that uh, my son Bennett and then uh, well, that might be too far removed. But what I'm hoping is that uh, people like your daughter and a little bit younger will get involved in the system as opposed to chastising the system. They actually become lawyers. They become police officers. They get involved in city, state and uh, uh, federal politics. And then they change it from within as opposed to yelling at it from on the from the outside yeah and i think that you we're going to see the rise of like young leaders and things like that because they they've lived in this place where they've had no control or seem like no control and um they are going to start coming together to 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 make something a little more um i hate him so much what was said, I said like like 300 times. I can't <laughs> I can't help it. Now you make me self-conscious, Jerome. Thanks. Uh, that's what brothers, that's what twin brothers do. No, he's the worst. So uh now I've lost my train of thought. No, just coming together <laughs> to be like we're fight the power. Like yeah. and becoming and I also think that they're becoming more conscious of other people. Yes. Like my daughter goes to school. I feel like in our school district, I feel like forget how many flags fly over like countries that represent the kids uh, from all over the country, all not over the country, all over the world who go to my daughter's school. So my daughter um, has gone to school with so many different kinds of people. She doesn't go to school with one kind of person. Like mm -hmm. she's exposed to so much different culture because I even think about, but I think about like going to school at Terrace Hills and Andrus. It's, we went to school around a lot of different cultures because we yeah. came from a military background. Oh yeah. So like yeah. I was telling somebody, I was like, yeah, the first time I ever tried Korean food was like my friend George. He would bring like food that his mom would make. I was like, that's it. I was like, I love Kimbap because his mom always used to send it. And we'd be like, what's that? That's and hilarious. Like, yeah, and then we would eat it and be like, oh, this is good. So I was like, that was the first time I ever tried Korean food. But, but yeah. my daughter is like that times 10. Oh, no, yeah, for sure. And I think, yeah, um, we, we were spoiled, and I think we were a, a good bridge because, like you said, we're a military town, so we are very uh, diverse. Like, I heard stories uh, of, like, the UTEP two-step, like, people who will go to college uh, in another city and then come back and finish it at UTEP. And uh, I remember one girl mm -hmm. went to, to – she's a white girl. She went to Lubbock. She went to Texas Tech. Mm -hmm. And what I feel happened was she realized that there's a different kind of white people out there. And then, and then she was like, I don't like these kind of white people. Let me go back to the Mexican and black friendly white people. And so she came back to UTEP. And then I remember doing speech and debate tournaments, going out to Lubbock and being like, I am not comfortable. Like, it's just like the way people carry themselves around. And I was just like, I don't like this at all. I never really experienced any racism in Lubbock. Hmm. I did feel like coming from a place like we came from Andrus or whatever it was different because I didn't really feel like people segregated themselves there yeah I felt like everybody hung out with everybody mm -hmm. and you could have like 
close friends, like, okay, yeah, my close friend, this is my close friend Gwen, this is my close friend Janelle, and like, we happen all to be black, but I also am really good friends with, you know, Kelly Thomas, or I'm really good friends with Sulema Hermosillo. Oh, I was really good friends with um, Oh, damn. You gonna spill that tea? No. <laughs> um, Sulema Hermosillo, just different people. Yeah. And then I got to Lubbock, and I I never was I never really segregated myself there either, like on purpose. And then little yeah. by little, I just realized like most of my friends were African American. Yeah. Now when I lived in the dorms, I used to hang out with you know whoever was in the dorms. But then like as I got older and went on to my career in college, and then I joined a sorority. And then all of my sorority sisters are African-American. And then it just was like, oh, we're with the African-Americans. Mm-hmm. And we go to African-American parties and we go to African-American clubs and we're black clubs. I don't know why I'm saying African-American. Black clubs, black <laughs> parties. It's black, so funny. Black, 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 black. Well, it's so funny because when you when you said it the second time, I was like, "Why is she saying African American? Like, is, is there some is there something I'm not aware of? Did her daughter like, teach her something about saying black? No. Yeah. black. You know, black this, black everything. It was like, oh, and then I didn't realize that I was talking to a friend about this the other day because some coworkers went to another coworker's house and it was a party, and they were just saying that they were the only black people at that party. And I was like, well, did you expect her to just have a whole bunch of black friends? <laughs> what did you think? What did you think? What did you think? I said, if they came to your house and you were having a party, yeah. there would probably be very few white people there as well. So what did you like be like? You just thought you were gonna walk in and like, hey, what up? Oh, hey, hey, <laughs> hey, sis. No. I was like, what are you talking about? Yep. <laughs> Did you expect yep. for them to just... and so it's just one of those things. It's like I guess you just end up with whoever you end up with. No, no, yeah, for sure. And then that's why like I don't think uh like white privilege in the way that we have currently defined it exists. Like I really like Jordan Peterson's definition where it's majority privilege and it just so happens that the majority of, you know, the the people but then also in the duration of America has been white. And so like you look at um uh, HR directors, when they sit down for interviews, if they're white, they're going to hire someone that looks like them, you know, like, looks like the person in the mirror that they see every morning. Uh, so my, my whole argument is like, let's get some black HR directors up in here and then we'll see the complexion of no, you know, um, the and then that, change. In that book, it talks about that, like oh. kind of that. And it talks about like, it tells you the percentage Oh damn! of like, 82% of this kind of profession is white, 82%. No, 82% of teachers, and I had no clue because I'm just, the district I work in is just different. Yeah. So Houston. 82% of the teacher, of teachers are white. Yeah. So I was like, really? But so I then, work in a district where there's a lot of black people. Oh, yeah. So. No, so that's why oh. we can't be surprised that a lot of the young black kids are getting in the most trouble because they mm-hmm. are the least identifiable with mm-hmm. those teachers. And I'm not saying, hey, look, I'm not saying that they're purposely going out of their way and, and picking on these kids, but. Um, yeah, but it, it's also in the way like they're they're taught because like 
as a teacher, aside from the things that you are supposed to teach, like you mandated, you must teach this. If I'm going to read a book to my kids, I'm normally going to read a book that I liked when I was a kid or something that I read. Mm -hmm. And most likely those are going to be books that I identified with. And what I'm always telling like teachers I work with, even, you know, in my position is that like the most important thing about teaching something is making is representation Mm -hmm. is that the kids see themselves and what they're, what you're doing. Like, I remember um, there's this one teacher and she's teaching this lesson on uh, Johnny Appleseed. (laughs) Yeah. And um, like all these people come in her classroom, you know how they do, they come in, they start taking notes and, um, anything that can happen will happen when all those people come in your classroom. So in the middle of the lesson, this little black boy goes, why are we learning about Johnny Appleseed? <laughs> and like, of course, like when, the, when, it, when somebody comes into your classroom for evaluation and he, somebody says that, and you're like, why would you say that? <laughs> but he wasn't saying, but like, I was like, what, what you're not understanding is he was saying like, why is Johnny Appleseed important to me? Yeah. I live in the inner city in Houston, Texas. Why do I care about Johnny Appleseed? Mm-hmm. So it's like about representation. And one, uh, I went to a, a seminar one time and the lady said, think about like if somebody took a picture of this whole room, we all got together and we took a picture of this whole room. And even though the picture has everybody in it, what's the first thing you're going to do? you're going to look for yourself in that picture. And we have to kind of be thinking about that when we're teaching our kids, is that can they see themselves in this picture? Like, where do they see themselves in your classroom? Where, where is it that you're teaching them about themselves? And I think that, like, just going back to that thing about the HR hiring is that we have to make sure that even if we aren't a person of color that we're making sure that there's some representation in our classrooms and our places of business that people can see themselves there. Yeah, for sure. Damn, dropping these hot takes on society. <laughs> Listen up, son. Janae's coming with a fury. Um, no, I and I and I think everything that you said obviously 100% correct as far as represent, representation, but I feel like affirmative action was uh, was a misguided approach to that it's like let's go ahead and get you know this this portion of blacks this portion of mexicans asians represented uh without really looking at like uh, like taking qualifications into consideration and so it's like would you rather have would you rather have 10 people who are fully qualified or nine people who are fully qualified and one who's partially qualified but is black and it's like well i want all 10 to be fully qualified and then I, I remember someone had the example of like a pilot and like a doctor and all this kind of stuff. But then it becomes, well, how do we get the black people to that level? And so that's why I feel like it's OK, let's start teaching about it. And it all boils down to education. So that's why I'm glad I'm talking with you as uh, as an educator, too, because it all boils down to education. And then what you're saying, basically, uh, from what I'm gathering, is that it goes even deeper than that. And it, it starts with representation within education. And then we can. So it's like, damn. It's like, I remember when I was in the classroom and we were watching, um, it was the day after President Obama had got elected, the day after. And um, 
we were like watching something on television and I was showing something to the kids and they were talking about it or whatever. And I had a little boy, his name was Maurice, I'll never forget it. He was terrible. And um, at that point, he looked up at me and he goes, I can be president? Like even right now, it's making me want to tear up because it was like the first time in his whole life that he really realized that he could do that. He looked up at me and he goes, this is a true story. He goes, he was a badass too. He's like, I could be president? And I said, yeah, you could be, you could be anything you want to be. I was like, I tell you that every day, you could be anything you want to be. It was like an epiphany. Like, wow, I could do that. Like, I could be a president. Like, maybe I'll stop stealing and lying. Yeah. (laughs) He's terrible. Loved him to death, but no. Like, that was a thing. Well, it feels like that's something that, you know, white, kids take for granted like oh yeah duh Mm -hmm. i can be president i mean i could be ceo president president of the world if i wanted to because they have representation but then for uh, yeah young black kids yeah forget it it's like what it was uh, even then i think it would make me tear up but yeah going back to like that affirmative action thing i feel like it is really no different because like okay yeah maybe they got some breaks with affirmative action i don't really think they did i think that people had to be 10 times more qualified even to get that get a job with affirmative action but people get jobs all the time and i'm not even going to say i'm not going to say white people but i'm saying white people get jobs all the time for the sheer fact that they knew somebody yeah networking you know what i'm saying and but and as black people we don't have those a lot of people in those positions to get jobs because oh i knew somebody or, oh, yeah, I played golf with him. My grandfather grew up with him. You know what I'm saying? So, sorry. We got, even if even if you weren't as qualified. But I don't think that, I think that even with affirmative action, Black people have to be, or people of color even, not even just Black people. When I'm talking about Black people, I'm talking about all people of color have to be 10 times qualified to, to yeah. some, sometimes to get some of the positions or opportunities that they get or work 10 times harder. Yeah. What's well, um uh cuz I was also listening to this guy I guess from the 70s who's like hella old now soul uh Thomas Thomas Soul or something like that. You know what I'm talking about? Mm-hmm. Let me see. Yeah, Thomas Soul. Okay, so he's a a black intellectual and he was talking about when he was uh at Cornell or he was talking about these students at Cornell and um uh the black students there were all failing. And then he mm-hmm. was just like, what the hell? Why Why are all these kids failing? And it's like, oh, they're in the top 75th percentile. And we really only take the 99th percentile. So they can't keep up. So if they were in any other university, they would ex- they would excel. They would have, you know, but, mm-hmm. but because they're at Cornell, they're all on academic probation because they're not as qualified. And I'm not saying that that applies to all black people. I'm mm-hmm. just saying, yeah. I'm just saying that uh, I, I feel like affirmative action was was good natured it had good intentions but i feel like forcing companies to hire people just based on color and not solely on qualification um i don't know if it did more detriment but i feel like now we're getting to a place where we're recognizing all the 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 how how intricate it is and it's not something that we can just umbrella and just say boom not an umbrella yeah Mm -hmm. and so that that. yeah that's basically what i'm saying i'm not i'm not over here like trying to be like (laughs) 
Nah, we don't need to, yeah. no affirmative action. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> like that's at the brother's back. Yeah. <laughs> exactly. And then it's like, well, well, George is half black, and it's like, oh, of course, that makes sense. It's like, no, no. And you I'm know what? I, I, people were like, uh, oh, well, he's only, or you know, any sense of this, they're only half black. I'm like, there's no such thing as that. Yeah. Because if so, if you walked into a bar right now. <laughs> And there was a certain kind of person in there. They wouldn't be like, yeah. "Oh no, 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 he's part Korean, though." Yeah, exactly. Like, like oh, look closely. Like, yeah. <laughs> like, oh, okay. They'd be like, "Yeah." So all these black guys came in there. One was half Korean. Don't get be racist. One yeah. was half Korean. <laughs> yeah, we're gonna beat up all three of you except for you because you're half Korean. And it's like, even when I stand to the side. Yeah, just stay, just stand over there and and look. No, but uh, you don't get to participate. You just get to watch. But no, uh, when I was even in Korea, it was like, oh, there's the black guy. And I had to be like, oh, yeah, my mom's my mom's Korean. And they'd be like, oh, for real? And they kind of like had a moment of uh, almost like elation, like, oh, man, he's one of us. But then they'd be like, man, but that lady got with a black dude and made this guy. And it's like, all right, get out of here. And I was like, oh, what? So it was like, it was so weird being out there. It was great, but it was weird. And so like, I didn't experience like the racism of the deep South, but there was, you know, that kind of complexion of, of racism. It was out fun in Korea. How that was like, how was that being a person? Like, cause I feel like there are in El Paso, there were a lot of people who were black and Korean. Oh yeah. There was tons of people oh, who were tons. black I can name five right off the top of my head. Do it. Like, no, just kidding. I'm like, so-and-so, 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 so-and-so. Yeah, yeah. Well, even no, but, in our um, graduating class, there were, I, I feel like there were at least five. Yeah, there, there was a bunch of people I just grew up with, like, Korean and Black yeah. friends. So when you went to Korea and you lived there, like, you would think that, oh, you make this connection with your Korean side. But how was that? Like, how was that being, like, you're Korean, but you're out, you're Black two and you're an american so well it's weird because i got i kind of got the same sense from half white and half koreans where um there's almost that you know homogeny where they 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 pride themselves on being pure and any kind of um i don't i don't want to say invasion but any kind of like dilution with uh, another race you know, is automatically makes them kind of like a second class citizen. And so even with the white, with my white, half white and half Korean friends living out there, I kind of got that sense from them, too. Uh, even also with full Koreans who were raised, born and raised in America, mm -hmm. who went back to Korea, they almost got looked down on. And so I was just like, dang, it is rough out here. So I never took it personally in that sense. It's just that they they didn't really care about anyone um i felt like the the most the most comfortable i felt around uh most koreans in korea was uh the ones who just saw me as a black american mm -hmm. yeah i was half korean so i could kind of like pronounce korean words a little bit better but mm -hmm. for the most part it was just like here is a black american he's cool we like hanging out with him that's it so yeah it was kind of interesting being out there that's yeah. a, that was like which one i was like oh, i wonder how that was um, yeah. How did you end up doing that? How what, what was the like trail of? Okay, I saw you in eighth grade, and then you disappeared, and then you were in Korea. Like I literally, like like literally, that happened. Then Facebook opened, and yeah. <laughs> Facebook the, the my school my, my book opened because you know my daughter thinks I'm four hundred. <laughs> uh, yeah. Facebook opened, and then you were in Korea. 
Yeah, so it was a, it was a real, uh, real weird situation. Like after, uh, after high school, I tried to go to university, but I just, I just, it was too overwhelming. Like the ADHD and then just the anxiety, and I just could not handle it. And so I, I decided to take a year off and work, and then that turned into seven years of just taking a break and then working. And then I kind of wanted to like uh, get into film and music, but then couldn't decide which one because I couldn't sing but I was really passionate about it. And so uh, then I just decided to stop and then start focusing on film. And the girl I was dating at the time went out to uh, South Korea to TGSL. And I was like, you know what? I'm half Korean. Let me see what that's all about. And then I don't know if you remember, uh, probably not, um, but he graduated with us to uh, Daesung Matthews. Uh, he, he's half Korean, but then he was, his brother was teaching out there. And so I got in touch with them and then figured out like what I needed to do because as a half Korean, I get like ancestry privileges. So oh, really? I didn't I didn't need a work visa in a foreign country. I had my ancestry visa so I could do whatever I wanted except vote. And I'm just like, OK, whatever. Uh, wow. Like I, I could have worked at the Starbucks. I could have worked for Samsung anywhere, anywhere. I could have worked anywhere without a work visa, whereas they would, you know, need to get sponsored and stuff. So it that <laughs> that was awesome. So that, that yeah, that privilege. was like that was a come up. So yeah, yeah. Like, oh. So that privilege was just mind blowing, and uh, I just had you made uh, it that much easier. To oh get yeah, started. oh yeah, one hundred percent. Like, and so it was really funny because then this is why I would say that most people, and I know I kind of like roasted Koreans for being you know racist. There's a lot of institutional racism, but not very you know on the on the micro level, not specifically. But I remember going into interviews and then being like. I'm black, but I also have a dope ass visa that you don't have to sponsor. So you're going to give me the job and they'd be like, yeah, we'll give you the job. And then uh, <laughs> and then if I didn't like it after a month or two, I'd be like, you know, guys, I'm leaving. They'd be like, all right, whatever. So <laughs> so it worked out really well. I, I got kind of spoiled in that sense. And then uh, towards the end, uh, they really started going after foreigners in general. Uh, uh, and then um, because like they would have signs up and I've said this before, but they, they would have signs up that uh, would say uh, no Africans allowed uh, because Ebola was a big thing. And so oh. did they mean like black people or did they mean the white South Africans who are also teaching ESL out there? Yeah. And then they meant black people. So we just could not go into bars because we had Ebola. So there was a huge scare. Uh, and and, and yeah. again, it's not because, you know, they're they're I would say that they're xenophobic more that they than they are racist because uh when Mad Cow came around, they just didn't want to eat for like imported beef. Like from the States or from from Britain. They just yeah. hated yeah, all that kind of shit. So uh and then there was one time when I went to a, a nightclub and then uh they had a sign that said no foreigners and I was like, I guess they just don't want like white people but then the chinese people and i think there's a vietnamese guy in our group they wouldn't even let him in they wouldn't even let them in they were just like no foreigners and i was like oh damn it's like that well i better get my ancestry visa ass out of here and so like a few That's months later I, I go yeah a few months later or ends I, up being like i don't know yeah like, i didn't think anything physically violent would happen but it was already bad enough, like being on a subway with like all my white friends and then little Korean kids walking up to them and saying, hello, my name is Jason. How are you? 
and then you know the white people interacting with them and then they would look at me and then turn around and walk off and i'd be like oh, fuck you kid whatever i speak english too man and so oh here's one thing i i, I remember about too i used to drive to work in korea like most foreigners didn't own cars but i had a car out there I remember driving to work and then seeing this black dude working construction. So in Korea, foreigners. Hey man, how'd you get that job? <laughs> no, this dude, this dude was like flagging people to move to the right or to the left, and I was just like, "Oh, that's 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 a shitty end of the stick." But so foreigners aren't allowed to work the three Ds. It's like dangerous, dirty, and uh, something else. So even with my ancestry visa, I could not do that job. They would. They would not allow me to do that job. And then here's this black dude. It turns out, and I found out later, that uh, they're all African. So they come from Africa, and then they work, you know, these dangerous, dirty jobs. Mm -hmm. And so it's like, here are two black people passing each other. One was born into privilege, and one was born into to poverty. And I was just like, holy shit. So that's why, like, whenever a lot of people talk about, like, <laughs> you know, like, if if you're if you're poor in, in America, you're part of the one percent. And then it's like, yeah, of the world. Okay, I get it. But then like I actually saw it. I was like, okay. No, I, poverty here yeah. is not for the ma majority of people who are in poverty is not the same kind of poverty like yeah. in other countries. Yeah, yeah, for sure. And so that's why like having to look at it in the face. And so like I was like, okay, I get what you're saying now. But at the same time, we're motherfucking America. Like, let's be better. Like we can be, we just don't want yeah. to. So no, and like it is when I think about those kinds of things, I said we're in America. There's people who have billions of dollars, but then there's also people who sleep on the street. Right. So I'm like, there's literally people sleeping on the streets, and I was watching that. Uh, I was watching Last Chance You. Okay. Yeah. I don't know if you've seen the new on Netflix. I haven't, I haven't watched it, but I know of it. Yeah. Um, and they were talking about, and which I, they had gone into it about like the, during the last season about in junior colleges in California, really the kids have to pay their own way. Damn. So they don't have like scholarships. So if they want to play football, they really have to be like dedicated to playing football. They have to work a lot of things, which I thought was like, that's crazy to me. But, um, the college that they're at this season is in Oakland. Mm -hmm. It's in Oakland, which has been gentrified like because of, you know, Silicon Valley and oh, yes. know, all okay. of those places. Oakland yeah. has become very gentrified in this apartment there, uh, $500,000 to buy an apartment there, $800,000 for these places that used to be very inexpensive to live. And it was getting to the point where these kids, they can't, the college is in Oakland, but they can't afford to live in Oakland. They were showing yeah. kids sleeping in their cars. They were showing kids driving all two hours every day back and forth to play football and go to school in Oakland because they can't afford to live in Oakland. But the other flip side to that is they wish they have a problem with homelessness that is crazy. Just you these they were just showing it and just showing all of these people who really just weren't homeless. But now because they can't afford the homes there, they just have a very big homelessness problem. Like yeah. Hundreds of thousands of people living on the streets in Oakland. I just think that in America, that's ridiculous. Yeah. Like people for... that rich, but then these people can be that poor. And it's like, eh, 
It's like, yeah. oh, we can't believe in socialism and da 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 da. There's some, there's some right. good things about socialism. Yeah, I mean, like, yeah, the we fact can get that people home. Yeah, well, the fact that seven-year-olds don't have to work, you know, that's that's <laughs> socialism. <laughs> Yeah, the fact that we have a 40-hour work week and we get the weekends off, that's socialism. Like, yeah. So it's like all the benefits, but then, yeah. But then I think, again, it's like a slippery slope. They look Some at the benefits. most extreme. So it's like if we just uh -oh, do this one thing, then we might as well get a sickle and hammers uh, tattooed on our... Did you freeze? Oh, okay. I thought you froze for a little bit. Oh, man, we got deep into it. Um, but my bladder is about to burst. I got, uh, I got all this water. That was fun. That was a great yeah. conversation. Uh, hopefully we can do it again uh, sometime soon. Uh, maybe get a group chat going. Uh, we'll get Jerome. We'll get- you gotta, uh, you gotta get Jerome on here. Oh yeah, for he's, sure. He's very smart. He's, he knows a lot about a lot of stuff. Okay, and so that's that's the one thing that I wanted to do was get a nice bank. So I interviewed Henry, I interviewed Diego, and, I, and now uh, you. So then I'm gonna start creating clips and then sending them out because I know uh, Margie Mendez, we're friends on Facebook, Carol Diaz, we're friends, Jerome, and I'm gonna be like, hey, look, I'm doing this cool thing. And then, uh, you know, maybe this could be like, kind of like our substitute for the reunion uh, that we, yeah, the 20 year reunion. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, that's a, yeah, I don't know. Because I want to find out what happened specifically, but I really think it was just too many cooks in the kitchen. Um, I think it was just trying to, to uh, please too many people instead of just saying, look, it's going to be here at this time. Either you make it or you don't. Well, I can't make it. Thank you for letting me know instead of well what can you make it should have just yeah. been like flat out here it is we'll see you there people were getting some heated debates in that chat though i was yeah. like i'm just here for the comments yeah <laughs> and then i remember making a post about it too just like being real flippant because i was like man i argue on facebook for a living let me uh let me see if i can uh soothe the tension in here and it kind of did for a little bit but then yeah so i want to i want to talk to the the people the stakeholders, I want to talk to the people who are more actively involved with that. I don't want to say any names because I can't remember specifically, but, and I also don't want to call them out like that. Really but like uh, I, was, I think it's a really cool idea. I think like I was watching the one with Henry. I was like, this is really cool. Like, yeah. I really want to see this build and grow and I want to see what you're going to turn this into. Yeah. So I'll be following you. Awesome. Thank you, Janae. For the 99 time capsule, thank you for uh, uh, tuning in. I'm going to turn into my my radio voice now. Thank you very much, ladies and gentlemen, for, for sticking around and enjoying two kids with ADHD reminisce <laughs> about life 20 plus years ago and, and currently. I don't even know. Um, it was great because when we were talking about all that BLM stuff, uh, I, I started shaking like the adrenaline started pumping. So I had to cut to just you and like, like yawn. I had to like get it out and I look over and my white wife is just smiling like... There goes my man. And I was like, all right. Hey. <laughs> like, all right. She's an ally. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So, um, yeah, uh, I'm going to clip this up and then I'll tag you in it. And then um, I guess uh, we're going to end the stream. So thank you, everyone, um, for watching. All right. Bye bye.